Well, some of the crowd are on the pitch. guys this is gary this is josh let's talk soccer all right guys we are back from cali yeah we're in los angeles for the international champions cup the icc match between ac milan and your manchester united yep it's a great match great match fantastic seats literally right behind the man you bench josh here um, whose birthday it was, and that was one of the reasons we traveled there to watch Man U play. They're his favorite uh, Premier League team for sure. Um, so we were right behind the bench, and an amazing experience. Yeah. <clears throat> Not all of their top players were there, of course. Pogba is taking a break after his World Cup victory. Mostly uh, any player that probably progressed further than the round of 16 wasn't there. Yeah, even da- even David De Gea, yeah, who <laughs> Spain didn't go that far, but um, he wasn't there. Fred hadn't played yet. Of course, Lukaku wasn't there. But um, Alexis looked good, yeah, and he's been doing quite well this summer. Um, <clears throat> defensively, I thought they looked pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, McTominay um, played well for the team. Andrew Herrera played well. Bailly looked pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some so some exciting stuff uh, coming from Man U. The exciting part too was the penalty shootout at the end. So yeah. so these games don't go into extra time. They just go the full ninety, and if they're tied, they go straight to a penalty shootout. Yep. So how many rounds did this so one? So this went to uh, thirteen rounds. Yeah. Of penalties. Um, so it looked like Man U was going to win. Uh, yep. They had like a two. They had a one goalie advantage, so they put uh, Joel Pereira up, the goalkeeper. Yeah. He messed up. Yeah. Um, and then Jose Reyna scored facing the line. Yep. And then there were a few times where Manu missed. Yes. And then I, I think everyone uh, just thought that they were, it, it was over. Somehow they were able to hold on, I think, two or three times yep. for missing a penalty in sudden death. Um, and then it was a bit of a, an anticlimactic ending with a sort of off-target Panenka. Yes, uh, yeah. But it was pretty crazy because uh, it started recycling the team. It went yeah. to... Like, uh, some players started taking two penalties. Yes. So it was pretty, it's pretty exciting. a pretty rare thing. Um, at one point, Mourinho grabbed the Milan manager and acted as if they were going to go out and sort of uh, be the deciding penalty kick takers, which would have been pretty cool. But yep. all in all, um, a great time. Yeah. Uh, the trip overall was great. Um, I think you had a pretty awesome birthday. Yeah, it's great. Um, so that's that. Can't wait until next year. Of course, we're going to go see the MLS All-Star Game, which is being played here in Atlanta. Uh, a lot of our Atlanta United uh, superstars playing in that game, um, as well as some other big names from around uh, MLS. Um, but also more applicable to a lot of you in this listening audience, uh, Juventus yeah. uh, is their opponent. So that'll be fun to watch those guys. A Cristiano-less uh, team, but still, um, mm-hmm. it is Juve. It's the old lady, mm-hmm. so uh, it'll be fun to And the great thing about Juve is um, 
unlike some teams, uh, some top teams, they have amazing squad depth. So even if they play, let's say, their B team, yeah. mainly their B team, that's still pretty phenomenal. Oh, um, for sure. And, th- of course, they're going to bring some players. Uh, it probably won't be all. I mean, Ronaldo's not going. Right. But it's just going to be a great experience. And oh, can't wait. It'll be pretty exciting to see. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some pretty <clears throat> pretty fantastic teams play. We saw two big ones in Man U and Milan, and then uh, we'll see Juve play. So it'll be cool. Yep. All right, let's switch gears to FPL. We figured what we'd do is go through not too basic of the basics, but but just good fundamentals, things that um, you know everybody starts to try to decide on. Um, you know, points per match and uh, goal scoring ratio and bonus points and this and that. Um, and sometimes you just forget the good old simple things. So that's what we're going to talk about uh, for the rest of this podcast. All right. And we'll follow some tips uh, that the scout, the FPL scout has done. And we, we post a lot of his stuff on the Let's Talk Soccer Instagram page, um, which we're almost at 23,000 now, guys. We just hit 22K not too long ago, and we were almost another thousand up. So thank yep. you all for for helping us out. All right, first, let's talk about just building a really solid squad, um, and what the scout has done in some of these um, tips and examples is uh, gone back and looked at what the people who have finished very very high in the overall global league or even won the league some of their best practices um so certainly can't hurt for those of us if unless you've finished in say the top five uh in the world maybe these these tips are somewhat useful to you so first up talking about building a 15-man squad um remember with fpl you don't need to plan for the long term you're looking out a few matches ahead yes you want a core group of players, but otherwise everyone else is interchangeable. Um, so pick your opening squad based around fixtures of the first three or four game weeks. Yep. Look at those. Um, a lot of people right now are picking Man City and Arsenal players. They play each other in the first game. Um, so fantastic players, but not quite sure if they're just going to sort of cancel each other out. Yep. Um, or how that's going to work. What would you do? Would you start Man City or Arsenal um, players in the first week? Well, I would say if you know that – well, I honestly, I would stay away from Arsenal players. Yeah. They're more inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to City players, if you know they're going to start, like um, if you have, let's say – Let's say Sané. Yeah, Sané. He's almost a guarantee to start considering Germany's World Cup. Yeah. And him not going. Yeah. Um, so he's a guaranteed start. Yeah. If you told me this before the World Cup, I would say Kevin De Bruyne, but you don't really know about him. Right. So I would say if you have a pretty good idea and are almost guaranteed that they'll start, I would I would play them. Yeah? Yeah. Even in that first match? Yeah. It's a difficult game. Just because of how talented City is. Yeah. They've shown last year yeah. um, that they've been able to dominate teams, mm-hmm. including Arsenal. Yeah. So. Well, maybe then... Maybe on the attack, um, I think Aubameyang isn't yep. a bad option. I think he's going to have a great season, quite honestly. Um, maybe stay away from goalkeepers and defensive players. Yeah. Uh, because the likelihood of goals getting scored in that game is pretty high. 
um, considering the talent that both teams have on the attack. So if you're going to do it, go for uh, midfield um, or forwards. Okay, next up. Um, you have one free transfer each week. So that's what we're saying. Like Focus on the first three or four game weeks, and um, you get a free transfer each week. We're going to talk more about transfers in a moment. Um, and, of course, you also have a wild card um, to use in the first half of the season. Wild card just means that you can completely blow up your entire team, uh, build a, an entire new 15-man squad if you want, um, with uh, no points being deducted. But you only get one of those in the first half, and then you get another one after December 30th. So starting on uh, New Year's Eve, you'll get a new one to use for the second half of the season. So use those wisely. Yep. Um, you want to try to limit your risk when picking your players. So um, newly promoted players are very tempting. Um, someone like a Ryan Sessegnon, who yep. had an amazing season uh, in the championship. Unproven in the Premier League. You know, by all accounts, going to probably have a great season. Um, but you just don't know. So new signings, uh, newly promoted players. Stick with history, mm -hmm. what you know, um, how players are going to do, not what you hope they might do, or it's just a shiny new toy yeah. and you want to go after it. Um, those are definitely gambles. Sometimes those work out. Yeah. Um, you know, Pascal Gross mm -hmm. is a great example of that, but you just don't know. And that doesn't mean completely stay away from them. Right. Like some of the, uh, especially for new transfers, some of them, like a bombing last year. Right. Um, even though he was a new <clears throat> transfer, right. uh, he's a phenomenal player. Salah. Yeah, and yeah. it was probably logical the biggest example. Right. So. The best example definitely is Mo. Yep. All right. Um, don't waste your picks. Um, by leaving expensive players on the bench. You want 9 or 10 regular starters for your starting 11, and then fill those remaining, what, uh, 5 or 6 slots with more affordable, inexpensive players who can be sort of swapped out depending on fixtures. And that, that means on the FDR, the fixture difficulty ranking, which we've talked about quite a bit. Um, that's where you need to sort of go and do your homework and players that you're considering uh, acquiring for your team, you need to go and look at their upcoming matches. Um, basically, you need to look ahead and have a little bit of a strategy, have a plan in mind. Um, let's see. You know, for players that you're not entirely familiar with, um, you can look at the preseason yes. stats and team sheets to see uh, who good options might be. For instance, um, last year, just about everybody had uh, Angel Rangel on their team because he was four million pounds. He was the only. He was like the lowest price defender, um, and everybody spent a lot of money on their starting eleven. So he was really the only option. This season, that Angel Rangel seems to be Aaron Juan Bisaka yep. of Crystal Palace, except for the fact that he's actually been playing. Um, for them this summer so but it's just funny that uh he's only four million pounds as well and seems to be quite a popular pick um with all the different uh drafts of teams that we've been seeing from our instagram followers um you want to maximize your money and rotating players can help you do that so find 
maybe two inexpensive, affordable defenders who can be swapped in and out of your starting 11. Again, using that fixture difficulty rating yep. or ranking, sorry. Um, ben Mee and Cedric are a good pair. Two of those cut price defenders that the scout is talking about, their fixtures combine really well um, in those first few game weeks yep. of the season. And remember, you can only choose three players per team. Mm -hmm. So use those wisely. Um, you know, a couple things related to that. I think personally, we don't like to have a starting goalkeeper and a starting defender on the same team. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a risk. It's great if it pays off. You get two clean sheets, um, out of one game. But if one goal is scored, you lose all those potential points. So you mm -hmm. want to sort of limit your risk as far as that goes, um, don't waste those three opportunities per team on players that aren't going to get you the points that you need. And Golo Conte is the prime example. From what we've been seeing lately for, from people's uh, team drafts, <clears throat> um, he's really, really popular. Mm -hmm. He's a great player. Yeah, in real life. One of probably the best defensive midfielder in the world. Right. One of the best players in the Premier League. And you just said the key. He's a defensive midfielder. So, he doesn't really get the benefit of clean sheets. He gets mm -hmm. one point, as any midfielder does. And he doesn't attack nearly enough to get you assists or goals. Yep. Um, he does get a lot of bonus points, but those are few and far between. You know, getting 20 to 30 bonus points over an entire season is a lot. Yeah. So you know you're not talking a ton. Uh, I think people tend to think that he's just probably you know the best player on the Chelsea team. Um, he's certainly a, a hundred percent starter when he's healthy, mm -hmm. but he's not going to get you the points you want. So better to use if you want Chelsea players. Better to use it on other players other than Conte. Yeah. Right. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for sort of building your team. Now let's talk about um, formations. You get a lot of questions on these. Um, I think that we're of the mindset of uh, the, the more attacking the formation, the better. Yeah. Um, so a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-3. Three, four, three. Three, four, three. Rarely will we have four defenders yeah. back there. Um, just because really, aside from the occasional goal or occasional assist, the way that defenders really get their points are from clean sheets, and those are hard to come by. It's a lot uh, – it's more risky yes. um, using more defenders <clears throat> uh, just because it's uh, – being a defender is a lot less forgiving than being an attacker. Yeah. You don't get – right. you don't lose points – for right. missing. Right. It's um, a great point. It's a perfect way to say it. If you let one goal in, you're punished. It's a, so. it's a perfect way to say it. All right. So what does the scout have to say about that? Well, the 3-4-3, three, three, as we mentioned, uh, it's the most popular formation for managers, at least historically. Um, in that way, your fifth midfielder and your two bench defenders are your backup options in those first three to four game weeks. 
important thing about bench players, make sure they play. Yeah. Um, even though they're not necessarily starting in your team from week to week, you want to make sure that they play and get points for whatever team they're on because if you have a player that doesn't play, it the FPL reverts to your bench to pull a player up. So you want to make sure that you're getting points when needed from them. Or even in the case of bench boost, mm-hmm. um, you want the most points possible. And it also helps with uh, rotating your squad when you need to. Um, last season, there were nine midfielders that scored 170 or more points, um, but only three forwards. And we talked a lot last year about um, it was sort of the season of the midfielder. Yeah. A lot, a lot. Um, and there were some great, inexpensive midfielders out there. Gross, who we mentioned, Milivojevic. Yep. Um, was another Gunmanson started to come on strong uh, towards the end of the season, and and we have more like that this season. Uh, Mkhitaryan yeah. is only seven million, um, so you've got you've got a bunch out there. So utilize those guys, um, and when you do, when the fixtures align well, um, and when you find those those gems of midfielders. Go to a three-five-two. Yeah, you know um, you can get a lot of you can spread your money out and get a lot of points that way. Um, in choosing defenders, go for the ones that score goals and get assists, um, which means you're looking for the wingbacks. Yeah, right. Uh, Marcus Alonso last season was a great example of one of those. Uh, Kyle Walker. Excuse me, is another. Um, so you want to find those. You, you know the the central defenders. Um, I don't know. I personally would stay away from them. You know the John Stones mm-hmm. of the world. Great defenders, but um, great thing about having a good wing back is not only are you possibly getting a clean sheet out of them, but you may get a goal or an assist yeah. as well. So really, there you get the best of both worlds. Speaking of Marcus Alonso, things may change for him a little bit this season. Uh, He may not be so much in that wing-back type of role because their new manager, sorry, Chelsea's new manager, um, prefers to play a 4-3-3 formation, which means that um, Alonso will play more as a true fullback Mm -hmm. uh, than a wing-back. So um, we've seen Alonso on a lot of people's... um, potential starting 11s and just be aware yep. so so look for those players the key to all of this with defenders is look for those wing back type players that play more in advanced roles yeah all right <clears throat> last little bit of information here is finding the right captain the perfect captain for you as you might know and as you probably already know um, a captain gets double points right so finding the right one is key here. Um, Now, there's a couple of different strategies to that. You can either find one or two players on your team that are consistently your captains throughout the season. Uh, Kane and Salah are the main ones. They were last year. Are good examples of that. Or you can be a little more flexible if you want and sort of rotate your captains. So uh, 
you know, Aguero, Aubameyang, Sterling, De Bruyne, you know, sort of switching, switching it out depending on uh, the form that a player's in and depending on the matchups that they have. Um, I, th I think we probably lean a little more towards that end of things, of um, looking for opportunities uh, of informed players and, um, and based on the matchups. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good bit of advice. You know, consider how you want uh, to set that up. Um, you know, and use the first three or four weeks as sort of your little uh, testing ground to see how your team's doing, get a real feel for it, but then settle in. You know, find what works for you and, uh, and try to see that through all the way through the season. So don't make lots of changes to your team unless necessary. Um, remember, you, you get one free transfer a week, so what you could do in some game weeks is not use your free transfer, and then it carries over to the next weekend or next game week, so then you have two, and then you can use those two uh, free transfers to bring in two new players, and then occasionally you could even do a third. You'll take a negative four-point hit, but the premise here is with these three new players, you'll offset that negative four hit. Mm -hmm. You don't want to do that a ton, um, but it is certainly an option. So um, I think that's going to do it yeah. for today. Guys, thank you so much for checking us out and, um, and just being fantastic overall on Instagram. We love um, the feedback and the participation. And for the most part, people are very respectful of others. We're not big fans of foul language or trying to belittle um, other people. This is supposed to be a forum that – we're just enjoying our love of football together, yeah. right? And our love of FPL. So let's just keep that up. All right, guys. Until next time, this is Gary. This is Josh. And we say peace. peace.